0: All right, so Wednesday Wednesday I was walking. I have a place I walk and I was out Walking and my this path I cross paths with people every now and again sometimes They're a familiar face, and I say hi sometimes. They're not a familiar face I'll still say hi, and maybe we have a conversation. We maybe we don't but Wednesday I was walking And I was just about done and I had, I had a thought. <laughs> oh. You know that everybody you meet is a door or a window? I had that thought. Everybody I meet is a door or a window. And I thought that through a little bit further because it didn't make a lot of sense. And I was like, you know, it's, it's, it's a closed door or it's a closed window. Or it's an open door, an open window. It's up to me what am i going to see am i going to see the people i cross paths with as an open door an open window an opportunity or am i going to see them as a closed door a closed window and just somebody to say hi to and keep on moving that was my thought i know the answer i know the answer everybody is an open door and an open window there are everybody is an opportunity and i knew then that i had my opening for this morning and I was talking to Carla about it yesterday afternoon, and I said, I've got my opening, and I ran it by her, open door, open window. And she says, yeah, you can make that work. I says, now all I need is a scripture to go with it. And I looked at Carla, I may get in trouble here. I looked at Carla and I said, but I know the Bible's just lousy with scriptures about that. It's, <laughs> thank you. I, she said, yeah, no, you can say that. It's, it's full of scripture, just pick one. So, I'm going to go to John 13, but I'll get there. First, in Luke, the lawyer is talking to Jesus, and the lawyer asks Jesus, Who is my neighbor? Luke 10 29, Who is my neighbor? And that's when Jesus shares the story of the Good Samaritan. At the end of that story, Jesus asks the lawyer, So, who is the neighbor? And the lawyer knew the one who showed mercy. That's, that's your neighbor, that's the open door, that's the window. In another encounter with the lawyer, in Matthew 26, the lawyer asked Jesus, which is the greatest commandment? Jesus says, love the Lord your God, and then he follows it up with, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Another opportunity, another scripture, along those same lines. But I went with John 13, 34 and 35. And here's why I went with that. It's a commandment from the Lord himself that, that I should, that we should see everyone as an open door, an open window. Je- Jesus gave it to me, gave it to us as a commandment. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you would love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. But by by all this, men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Let's all stand, shall we? Savior, Jesus, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this commandment. Lord, we thank you that we can see each and every person as an open door an open window an open opportunity to let your love flow through us and to them father so that everyone will know to love one another lord we thank you in jesus name amen
1: hallelujah Hallelujah. lift your hands up worship god Oh Father, we thank you. There's freedom in you. We thank you. There's freedom in Jesus. We thank you. There's freedom in this place this morning. We just worship you. We praise you. We give you honor. We give you glory. We thank you that we are free people today because of the blood of Jesus. We thank you that we're free today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! Someone say glory to God. Come on! Someone say glory to God good to be free amen hallelujah thank God hallelujah you know when we get to heaven people are going to be running and shouting say I'm free hallelujah you know someone says I don't like it when it's noisy in heaven trust me there's a lot of noise (laughs) people are praising God and they're free amen but, you know, God's will is for us to experience heaven here on earth. Yes. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven to be free. Amen. Right. Amen. Jesus came to set the captor free, amen? Yes. You can have freedom here, amen? Yes. Amen. Hallelujah, praise God, all right. Hey, good morning. Praise God. Amen. Hey, we want to greet you and welcome you in the name of the Lord. We want to greet everyone who's watching online or who will be watching online down the road. And we welcome you. How I many know oh God is here today, right? It is really good to worship God. Amen. Um, we want to, uh, of course, today... Um, you know, uh, we're celebrating uh, Labor Day weekend, and we got a lot of people, people gone, traveling. Here in our country, it's the official uh, last weekend, uh, holiday weekend of the summer. So we're honored that you're here with us today. Uh, but uh, uh, this Sunday is uh, Communion Sunday, so we're gonna be uh, receiving Communion together as a family. How many you know that's really good, right? In the Old Testament, they had the Passover uh, feast or the meal would take place, but then Jesus instituted the communion service. And Paul had received that by revelation. I'm gonna read this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And if we could have our people that are gonna serve communion, if you could come up, that would be great. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I'm reading out of a New King James Bible. It says in verse 23, Paul penned these words by the Holy Spirit. He says, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me you know the love of God is amazing you know God loved us so much he loved mankind so much that he sent his only son Jesus and then his only son Jesus that he sent to die for you and I his body was broken Jesus said my body is broken for you for all of humanity You know, uh, he received stripes in his body, he was physically beaten and abused, and he took the abuse and the punishment that every human being deserved. When I see this scripture, I, I see the love of God at work. He said, take this bread, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. Why do we have communion? We remember that Christ paid the price for all of our sins on the cross so many years ago. And then it went on to say, in the same manner he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do, uh, this do is off you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. You know, there are some people that believe that Christ hasn't come. But how I mean, you know, we're in the believing bunch that he's already came, right? And then we're also in the bunch that believes he's coming again. Soon and very soon. Amen. He's coming again. And so this morning as we receive communion, um, it's open to everyone. If you don't want to receive, that's fine. If you want to receive, that's fine. What we would like for you to do is, uh, we want to invite you to come up and receive the elements, and then we'd like for you to go back to your seat and then hold them, and then we'll all receive communion together. How many you know it's, it's unity, right? So we're gonna do that. Um, uh, you can come to this side or this side. Our worship team is gonna sing, and we want to invite you, so why don't you all stand? Going back to what Paul had penned, he says, uh, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and and, uh, talking about the bread, and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. It's good to receive the bread of life, amen? The life that's on the inside of us is the life of God. So we're gonna receive the bread this morning. I'll pray a prayer and then let's receive the bread together. Father, we're just so thankful this morning that Jesus is the bread of life. And Father, by faith, we have received the whole loaf. And Father, we thank you for the life of God that's on the inside of us. And we thank you that Jesus bore our sins in his own body on the cross so many years ago. And we're thankful for this. We're thankful for his love for us. And as we receive this bread today, we receive it with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and eat. Then it says, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Thank God for the blood, amen? Amen. This, too, is often you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the cup of love this morning. As we receive this cup today, we're so grateful for the love that you've shown toward each one of us in the love of Jesus Christ we thank you father that it's the cup of mercy it's the cup of grace it's the cup father where you've empowered us to live and to run this race as we receive this cup today we receive it with gladness And it's an honor to confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and drink. You know, after the Last Supper, they sung a hymn. Won't you sing that again? Can you sing that again one more time? Sing that with them one more time if you know it. Hallelujah! Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, worship team. We really don't we appreciate them. We do. We appreciate them. You know, and we we wouldn't have uh, the great worship we have if it wasn't for the sound team. (laughs) Give them a big round of applause. They're so faithful to come and serve each Sunday, and whenever there's services, we're so thankful that we have help. Amen? Amen. All right, as I announced earlier, Pastor John is not here with us today. Um, uh, he is up in uh, sunny Grandy, Minnesota, and um, many of you know Pastors uh, Dan and Martha Lewis. They pastor up there in Grandy, and then... Um, um, they've had. Uh, they're going to have to go back to Florida this week because they have some medical issues that they need to take care of, and so Pastor John is up there taking care of business up there, and I am here today, and so uh, how many of you know we're going to have the Word of God today, right? Yeah. So that's where he's at, and he'll give you an update next Sunday. All right. So, we've, he's been on a series here about the gifts of the Spirit, so we're going to continue that. So, if you've got your Bibles or your device or whatever, John's Gospel, chapter 16. John's Gospel, chapter 16. As I mentioned, I'm reading out of a uh, New King James Bible. John's Gospel, chapter 16. And then we'll go to 1 Corinthians, chapter 12. Those have been our two um, scriptures for this series, so we'll just stick with that. Are you thankful for the word this morning? It does make a difference in our lives. John's Gospel chapter 16, if you're there, say, I am there. there. All right. And uh, Jesus is speaking here in verse number 13 is where I wanted to start at. And he said, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and and notice this, and declare it to you. That's a great thing, right? And then 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, talking about the gifts of the Spirit here. And let's start in verse number one. Paul said this. He says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed and no one can say Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. Verse seven, but the manifestation, everyone say manifestation. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. Thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. To another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one, and the same Spirit works all these thing, all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. That is our text for today. Let's pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so thankful that we can be in this place and worship you this morning. As we examine the word of God, we pray that you'd open our hearts and just speak to us. We thank you for light, revelation, and understanding coming to us today. We believe that we're led by the Holy Spirit as we minister, and Lord, we give you the glory today. In Jesus' name, someone said amen. Amen. You know, we've been in this series now for a number of weeks. I forget what week we're in. Um, but uh, as we examine the Word of God today, we've been looking at the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, how many of you know that's important, right? How many of you know anything pertaining to the Holy Spirit would be important? Because He's the third person in the Trinity, right? And I think it's interesting that the third person in the Trinity has gifts, and the writers added that, really it's manifestations. How many know the third person of the Trinity wants to manifest himself? Well, if he wants to manifest himself, let him manifest, (laughs) right? It's interesting how God would manifest himself even in the Old Testament. You know, there was time God manifested himself as a cloud as a cloud, and the glory cloud would come in, right? And in other places, you see God, He manifests Himself as a pillar of fire. Okay. Amen. You know, there's different manifestations. But here in the New Testament, because how I many you know we're a New Testament church, right? Amen. He specifically wants to manifest Himself in these nine uh, gifts that are listed here. And so, he said here, he goes, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. And I think it's interesting. The one thing that, you know, God had this in the Bible for a reason, because people would be ignorant about it. And if we don't talk about it, if we don't teach on it, then people are ignorant. And so this is why we're in this series. And the other reason is, is that how many of you know you need to have a desire for these gifts, right? That is so important. And these gifts, it says verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So we're gonna talk to you today. We're gonna talk about tongues and interpretations of tongues. And we're gonna, and this is the title of my message: You can profit from the dynamic duo of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Elbow your neighbor and say, you can profit from this today. <laughs> tongues and interpretation of tongues. They all have profit. All the gifts, all the manifestations of the gifts bring profit with it. I don't understand why anyone would want to teach that these things are done away with because they're not done away with. All the gifts, are, all the gifts that are listed here were manifested in the Old Testament. And the last time I checked my Bible, the Bible says we have a new and better covenant than what they had under the Old Testament. So... If, if they're not for us today, then we have something less than what Israel had. And then, you know, that wouldn't be good, would it? That wouldn't be for our prophet. And then all the gifts, you can go into the Old Testament and see a demonstration of all the gifts except for two, and that's the dynamic dual: tongues and interpretation of tongues. They did not have that in the Old Testament. That belongs to us here in the church age, amen? And so we need that. I don't know about you, but God is a great gift giver, and He gives us exactly what we need. We need tongues and interpretation of tongues. The church needs it. Amen. And so we had already established that three of the gifts are, are three gifts are revelation gifts: the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirit. They bring revelation. With them, then there are three of the power gifts which we haven't gotten to yet. Pastor John, I get to them. That is faith, or we could say special faith, gifts of healings and working of miracles. Do we need working of miracles? Do we need gifts of healings? Right? There's people here in the room this morning. You could use gifts of healings. There's people here in the room today that you could use a working of a miracle, and it's for our profit, right? And we're talking about tongues and interpretation of tongues, those three would follow, follow under the utterance gift, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongue. Real quick, prophecy is a supernatural utterance and a known tongue, inspired of God. Tongues is a supernatural utterance and an unknown tongue. Everyone say Unknown. unknown unknown to you and then interpretation of tongues is a supernatural showing forth of that which has been said in an unknown tongue in other words an interpretation of what was said in a tongue and these gifts are supernatural they are not natural some would teach the church today that these are natural gifts if one is supernatural then they're all supernatural amen amen and so these gifts are supernatural. Out of the three utterance gifts, I put a note here, prophecy is the greatest of the three utterance gifts, because the Bible says that it takes tongues and interpretation of tongues to equal prophecy. So when you have tongues and interpretation of tongues, it's the same as, someone, it's the same as prophecy. Well, we need that, right? So one says, well, where do you find that at? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 5 says this, he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues unless he interprets, right? And so it's good. As we talk about tongues and we talk about interpretation of tongues, one of the big issues is, is this, is that uh, there are some that believe that uh, you shouldn't... Uh, uh, there's a lot of confusion about tongues and interpretation of tongues. Uh, the people that don't know these things, they don't realize that there are two different settings. How many of you know there is your private personal life, right? And then there is a public life as well, right? And so these gifts, are this tongues and interpretation of tongues, how many of you know it, it works good in your own personal prayer life? This is a great message today, Pastor Mo. I said it works good in your own personal prayer life, right? Did you know what you experience in your own personal prayer life prepares you to be used in a public setting? And so we need these in our own personal prayer life. And you need these in a a public setting as well. You know, here in this... uh, First uh, chapter, or, or 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul was at the church at Corinth, and we gave you some history last night. Corinth was a, a, just a church that was exploding with the gifts of the Spirit. They had all the gifts of the Spirit. They had so many gifts of the Spirit in operation as a church that Paul had to address some things because they had gotten wild and kind of out of order. I mean, in church, you got to have some order, right? <laughs> Isn't it great that we have order this morning, Right? <laughs> Well he's just addressing that. He's not getting on them because they're doing something wrong. He's just trying to bring order in on the situation. And so we have this listed here in the book. The the church at Corinth, as I mentioned the last time I spoke, was the most carnal church. They had strife, they had division, there was sin in the church. They were a rough bunch that came out of a rough background, but God poured out His Spirit, and they were just operating in the Spirit. Did you know if God can do that for their church, how much more can He do this for the church here in Lake Elmo, right? Yes. So we should be excited about this, right? You don't have to be perfect for the gifts to operate in your life, but you know what you have to do? You, learn, you have to learn to yield to the Holy Spirit. Everyone say yield. Yield. If we'll learn to yield to the Holy Spirit, if we'll learn to follow him and just yield to him, then it will benefit us. And it takes faith to yield to the Holy Spirit, right? He got quiet on that one. It takes faith to yield to the Holy Spirit, right? And you have to have faith, you know? And just yield. Sometimes God will just, like as a pastor over the years, sometimes, you know, God has used me in certain areas, and all He'll just give me is one step to follow, and I don't know the rest. And I don't like that. (laughs) I don't like that. He'll just say, Do this, you know? And I'll say, Okay, here we go. I don't know where we're going with this. But as, I, as, I, as you're obedient to take that first step, then the rest of it will come after that. Well, that takes faith, amen? And so it's good to yield and it's good to have some faith. All right, so let's get a little bit more into this. Uh, tongues, my first point I wanna give you this morning in our time that we have love, tongues is a gift that every Christian should receive. I said it's a gift that every Christian, every believer should speak in tongues. Uh, everyone in the room, and, and as young as possible. The, the sooner, the better, right? It's a difference maker in your life, right? There's uh, in the book of Acts, uh, Jesus said, "Terry told the disciples to tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high." Well, they were endued with power on on high on the day of Pentecost, right? And they were filled with the Spirit and they spoke in other tongues, right? And so we need to just follow their example. It's in the Word of God. It's not of the devil. Anyone ever heard anyone teach that these things are of the devil? Anyone ever heard that before? Isn't that stupid? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was a blunder, wasn't it? (laughs) You know, before I became... A sanctified decent Christian there was a time in my life you know I was in bars hanging out and stuff and I, you know in a bar you see every kind of ma- manifestation under the Sun <laughs> but not once did I hear ever hear anyone over a bottle of beer start speaking in tongues <laughs> if it was of the devil it would have been manifested in that setting And if I was the enemy, I would try to lie and convince people that this is of the devil so they wouldn't benefit from it. And so we need this, right? And so, well, what do you mean by that? In Mark's gospel, chapter 16, Jesus said this, verse 15, And he said to them, go into the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe, right? They will cast out demons and they will speak in new tongues. In Jesus' name, they'll cast out demons and speak in new tongues. Everyone say new tongues. tongues. Jesus said those who are believers. If you're a believer, you should speak in new tongues, right? If you're a believer, you have the ability to cast out devils. And one of the reasons you have the ability to cast out devils is because you speak in new tongues. Because <laughs> you've been filled with the Spirit. Amen. And uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter said this on the day of Pentecost. Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Christ or Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is for is to you and to your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call well how many you know God is still calling people into the family right right <laughs> Well, we're a long ways from the day of Pentecost back when they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and so it's for us today. I hope you're convinced of this. Someone says, I don't need all that. I'm doing fine without it. You think so, huh? Well, no, we need what God wants to give us. Amen? I know as a a kid, you know, anyone remember Gerber baby food? Anyone remember... Gerber's, right? Cream peas. And I remember eating baby food and, and then as an adult, you know, you're in church or whatever and you have some youth minister that puts blindfolds to the youth and they have them to eat this and guess what it is, you know? And I don't know if you've ever had Gerber's or whatever brand it is, but that stuff is not good. <laughs> it doesn't taste good, right? But parents would give that to their children because it's good for them. You know, we need to receive what's good for us. And this being filled with the Spirit and speaking in other tongues is very good for you and I. Are you hanging in here with me, right? Tongues is, is a sign, number two, point two. Tongues is a sign. Everyone say a sign. A sign. It's a sign. There's all kind of signs. Jesus said if you speak in tongues, those who believe in me, they'll speak in, 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 other, in tongues, right? Right? So it's a sign that you believe in Jesus, right? But it's also a sign for the unbeliever as well. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter, 12, or chapter 14, please. We gotta move this out. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and I want you to notice what's recorded here. In verse number, uh, i got to find it here, verse 20. It's, he, he's saying here, Brethren, uh, do not be children in understanding, however in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. In the law it is written, with men of other, with men of other tongues and other lips I will speak to this people, and yet, for all this, they will not hear me, says the Lord. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to who? Unbelievers. Tongues is a sign to who? Unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Do, it's a sign to unbelievers? What do you mean it's a sign? It's a sign that God's real. It's a sign that the things of God are real. Boy, you know what you need? You know what the world needs? A big old sign (laughs) that says God is real, right? And it's a sign to unbelievers that the things of God are real. Uh, What is this? How could this be? How How can you be speaking in a different language that you don't know? And then what is all this about? It's really important. Amen? And the signs lead people in the right direction, right? Thank God that God gave us... The baptism of the Holy Spirit, we can speak in tongues, and it's a sign—sign sign that we're following God. It's a sign also to the unbelievers that God is real. I hope you guys got that. Okay, next thing is tongues. <clears throat> Point number three: tongues has been set in the church. How many of you know God gave? Uh, pastor John is the pastor here at this church, right? How many of you know God gave him as a gift to the church? Yes. Amen. And did you know to get the best out of him as the pastor, you have to receive him, right? Yes. You have to receive him as your pastor. Well, the same thing is true about tongues. Let's go look at this here. Go with me, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Just turn over a couple of chapters, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. And I want you to notice this here in verse number 27. We're just teaching along here. It, Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. How many know we are all the body of Christ, right? There are a lot of members in in your physical body. You got heart, you got lungs, you got livers, you got kidneys, right? You got bones, right? And they all work together, right? It says, now you are members of the body of Christ individually. Verse 28. And God has appointed these in the church. Everyone say the church. church. Everyone say the the church. Are we part of the church? He yes. says, God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles. Then gifts of healings. Helps. Administrations. Variety of tongues. Someone say glory to God. Yeah. Is that list in that list that's listed there, you got offices and you got activities and functions. Is it all a blessing to the church? Yes. And so in the church, we need varieties of tongues. I say in the church, we need varieties of tongues. Yes. It's going to bless the church. We have to have it, right? I never will forget many years ago, I was in church and I um, this uh, my pastor used to talk about. Well, you know, I have a friend of mine, and he would say that, oh, God just uses him in tongues and interpretation of tongues, and particularly interpretation of tongues. And I and he would talk about, man, he goes when he opens his mouth. You talk about blessing. You you'll feel like you're just lifted up to the heavens. And he would talk about this guy. And so one Sunday morning, this guy came to visit in the service. And sure enough, there was a tongue. Someone spoke in tongues in a public church service. They spoke in tongues. And then people waited for the interpretation. And this man was right by me. He opened his mouth. And when he spoke, it was like boom. It was like And you talk about an encouragement. You talk about somebody and he... Obviously had a close walk with God and the things that as he spoke I'm telling you it was if God spoke himself and it was a blessing to everyone I remember the first time God used me to speak in tongues in a church service I'm just a still snotty-nosed baby little Christian (laughs) And actually I'm probably still that way today (laughs) And uh, all of a sudden, I'm in the service, and all of a sudden, this thing came up on the inside of me. They were doing a worship service, and it was the last song, and all of a sudden, I thought, I've got something that I'm supposed to say. How many of you know the Bible teaches that out of the abundance of the heart, what? The, did you know when you have the Holy Spirit in abundance, you can't help but speak something? And so I'm there, and I thought, I got something from God, and I have no idea. And I'm fighting this. During this last worship song, I'm going like, Lord, do you want me to say that? You know, and it was just bubbling up. You know, you ever take a, anyone ever have 7-Up? Anyone like 7-Up? Who likes 7-Up? Anyone like 7-Up? Sprite. (laughs) Ginger ale, right? You know, if you take that and you just shake that up, how many know it starts bubbling up, Right? And I felt like I was going to explode if I thought, I'm going to explode in the church service. And then they finished that last worship song, and all of a sudden, boom, it just came out of me. My pastor jumped. (laughs) (laughs) He was in the row in front of me. I was in the second row, and it shocked him. And I gave this message in tongues, and then I just shut up after I gave the message. And then the pastor, Mrs. Pastor, the wife, interpreted what I had to say. And it was a blessing. And I thought, wow, God used me in a public church service to bless people. Well, he doesn't just want to do that for me. He wants all of us to be able to do that. Now, what if I didn't yield to the Holy Spirit that day? The church wouldn't have been blessed. Can we take a little side tour here? Too many times we got this thought, what are people gonna think about me? That didn't go well on this side of the room. (laughs) I said too many times we think about ourselves. We need to get our minds off of ourselves and think about God and think about the body, amen? It's not about how you look, amen? I said, it's not about how you look, it isn't about your reputation, right? But God's looking, will you yield yourself to him? Will you obey God? Amen? And in obeying God, the whole church can be blessed. Amen? With tongues and interpretation. They're the, the dynamic duo, they work together, amen? You know, what good is a tongue if there's not an interpretation? That's right. yeah. But it's supernatural, and God wants to move that way, amen? Now, notice this here. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, please, and we'll run through this as quickly as possible. And let's start at verse number 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 1. And it says this, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Stop right there. What are we supposed to do? Pursue love and desire these gifts, right? Okay. So if you desire something, don't you ask for it? You know, as a kid, if I wanted something, I made sure mom and dad knew about it before Christmas rolled around. (laughs) I'm asking for it. You know, if we really desire these things. We should be asking God for these things in our own personal life and in the church, and the setting on Sunday morning. Amen. <laughs> I, do we want working of miracles? Yes. Do we want gifts of healings? Yes. You got to ask God. Do we want tongues and interpretation of tongues? Yes. How many of you have been in a service where there's been tongues and interpretation of tongues in a service? Yes. Well, we don't see that very much. Well, maybe because there's not much of a desire for it. But we should be asking God for that in our own personal life, our private life, and then also publicly in a church setting. Are you guys hanging with me, right? Yes. Now, notice this. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Prophesy, amen. Did you know we can all prophesy? Did you know God wants everyone to prophesy? Verse three, He who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Did you know when you prophesy, it edifies, it builds up, right? Man, do do you know what the world tears people down? This is a hard world that we live in today. This world will tear you down. The world will tell you if you're a white man, you should be ashamed of yourself. That tears you down, right? Aren't you glad that God isn't a God of color? Aren't you glad the blood was shed for everybody? Amen. But you know, we need to be built up or we need to be edified. Did you know when you prophesy, there's an edification, there's a building up that takes place? So we need prophecy, right? I said we need prophecy, right? And everyone can prophesy. Notice verse four, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Stop right there. Did you know when you speak in tongues, you edify yourself, right? Did you know Jude said this, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, right? So you should build yourself up at home so that you'll be ready to go when you get to church on Sunday morning. This is really good preaching, Pastor (laughs) Mel. He who speaks in a tongue builds himself or edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Did you know Paul was interested in this chapter? This is a whole chapter on these three gifts, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Did you know he's interested in the church being built up and so am I? Because God's interested in the church being built up. You know what we need? We need strong churches. And when you got strong churches, you'll have strong families. And when you got strong churches and strong families, you got strong marriages. And then when you got strong marriages, you got strong kids, right? Verse five Paul said, I wish you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you prophesy. Paul says, I wish you all spoke in tongues. I feel the same way. I wish you all spoke in tongues. And you can, all you gotta do is ask God and he will fill you, right? But he who, even more that you prophesy, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Verse six, but now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying or teaching? And he goes on here that, you know, if you just, you know, basically what he's getting at here, if you just speak in tongues, it does, there's no benefit unless there's a interpretation. I mean, you oh, know, we need that in a church service, right? There, there are things that God will do in a service. There are things that will come out of the Spirit of God, and we need it for the day and the hour in which we live. Yep. Amen? Amen? And there are things, there, are, there is revelation that will come at times through tongues and interpretation of tongues. There is direction for your life. There's, there's instructions. There's times when I've been praying and I'll just be praying in tongues and all of a sudden I'll get the interpretation of what I'm praying about and it was instruction for my life, for that season of my life. And I'm going, thank you, God, I did not know that. Amen? And then there's instructions for the church as well. Hallelujah. Now, notice this. Um, Verse 11. I'm sorry, verse 12. Even so, since you are zealous for... uh, Even so, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel stop right there did you know that whatever we do in the church we should be zealous for the edification of the church amen, amen? did you know that sometimes believers do things that tear the church down instead of building the church up did you know when you we talk about a brother or sister in the lord and we gossip about them, and we tear them down, or, you know, you have the pastor for lunch? Is it in the Word of God, right? Did you know he says you should be zealous for spiritual gifts? I mean, zealous, I mean, you should be really desiring this, right? We should be zealous for these spiritual gifts, right? For tongues and interpretation tongues, for prophecy, right? And we should do things to excel the church. Verse 13. Therefore, let him who speaks in a, in a tongue pray that he may interpret. Stop right there. Did you know that when you and I speak in tongues, it's scriptural to pray that we would have an interpretation? Now, you won't always have that, but you know, what's good to have that, Right. Sometimes I'll just say, Lord, I don't know what I'm praying about. I don't know who I'm praying for, but would you please give me an interpretation? And then there's other times as I'm speaking in tongues, I know exactly what I'm praying about. I know who I'm praying for. I know the whole situation. I, God, As I'm praying in tongues, sometimes God has given me the answer that I need for that situation that I was in in that time of life. This is a wonderful thing. Amen. Now notice verse 14, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is untruthful. Did you know your spirit wants to pray? Yes. I said, did you know your spirit wants to pray? And your flesh don't want to pray. <laughs> your flesh wants to sleep in, eat whole holes, ding-dongs, and Twinkies. <laughs> your flesh wants to, well, we'll pray tomorrow. And then tomorrow gets here, well, we'll pray on Tuesday. And then we'll well, we'll pray, Lord, I'll pray next week sometime, right? But your spirit man, boy, your spirit man wants to pray. You know, we let our flesh dominate us too much. You know, the Bible teaches that you and I, uh, we're spirit, soul, and body, right? Notice it starts with the spirit first and then works outside. But we put our flesh first. But there's a man on the inside. The the real you on the inside wants to pray. Let him pray. Amen. Let him have his prayer time. And it'll benefit you, it will benefit the church. Amen. Boy, there's so much here. Verse 15. What is the conclusion then? I say, oh, verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is, is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the understanding. Isn't that good? Amen? Did you know you can sing in other tongues? That's right. Did You know, you can sing in the spirit. Did you know God has spiritual songs he wants to drop on you? That's right. This is powerful stuff. Did you know that your praise life is limited when you don't speak in tongues? You know... The Bible talks about the fact on the day of Pentecost, these men that were gathered from all over the world, they go, we hear these men speak in our own language, the wonderful works of God. The wonderful, did you know that as we pray and sing in tongues that we're worshiping God, and we're giving Him glory, did you know there's an increase of your praise life? Man, we're not, we're not supposed to be limited in our praise life. You can praise God so much more and man, this is exciting stuff. Amen. Verse 18, Paul says, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. Now, if if Paul is saying that I speak in in tongues more than everyone at the church at Corinth, he's doing a lot of praying in tongues and speaking in tongues, right? So speaking in tongues is not the issue. It's just in church. He wants the church to be built up, right? Yet in church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than ten thousand words in a tongue. Wow! Right? So there's so much there. Um, verse 26. Our time's running out. How is it, then, brother? Whenever notice this, I'm 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 kind of closing here, right? How is it, verse 26? How is it, then, brother? Whenever you come together, did we come together today? Yeah. I said, Are we here today together, right? How is it, brother? <laughs> Whenever you come together, each one of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue. Amen. Did you know when we come together, we, we're here this morning, right? Did you know that somebody has a tongue? And if someone has a tongue, right? Notice this has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Did you know that as we all came together here this morning, somebody here has a tongue that they could speak, and then somebody has an interpretation? And did you know as those two dynamic duels work together, it will cause the church to be edified? Did you know? I'm going to say this, a lot of times people come to church to get something, we need to come to church with something. Sometimes we're thinking like, oh, I hope the worship team's got it today, I could sure use it. Yeah, there's times you can use it, right? And thank God they had it today, didn't they? (laughs) Right? It was a good worship today, right? But there's a whole other attitude coming to church with, you know, I got something, if God wants to use me today, I'm ready to go. Amen. Freddie's ready. I said, Freddie's ready. I'm ready to go. If God wants to use me today, I got something. You know what? I got a revelation. God showed me this this week. And so Pastor John could call someone up and say, the Lord tells me that you have something and you could share your revelation. And then someone could have a There's a spot on the service where someone could have a tongue or an interpretation of tongue in a service and give it, and we would all be blessed. I said, well, we would all be blessed, amen? Someone could have a song, a spiritual song. I'm telling you, what? Woo! That's a great way to live, isn't it? My final scripture is in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. I don't know if I'm doing this justice or not, but Ephesians, the fifth chapter, this is very interesting. Verse 15, Paul's writing here and he says this to the church at Ephesus, he says, see then that you walk circumspectfully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Are the days more evil than they were in Paul's day? Yes. Right, and this is... Verse 17, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I want to say the will of the Lord. the Lord. Are you interested in the will of God? Yes. Next verse right here. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation. It says don't be drunk with wine. Now, why is that? Well, because it's just a cheap substitute. If you're going to get filled, let's get filled with the real thing. Right. Ain't nothing like the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's the most high God, that's right, right? Don't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. That's the will of God. God wants me to not just sit around and get wasted in Margaritaville. Yeah, he wants you to not just sit around getting wasted but to be filled with the Spirit, amen? Amen. Whew, it's good to be filled, amen? Amen. When you look in the original language, there's a continuous filling, it's be being filled. In other words, sometimes the gas tank gets empty, right? And you gotta fill the car up, right? So you got to get refilled with the Spirit again. And how do you get refilled? Every time you start speaking, boy, you get refilled. Now notice this, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another. I'm supposed to speak to Brian? Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, That's a great way to live, isn't it? Instead of when someone pushes your button, instead of, you're one of those mass people. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. <laughs> you know what's going to come out of you? God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You're like a sponge. Someone squeeze you the, the least little bit, all of a sudden God comes out. Well, I know you're in fear, but you know what? Trust God. He loves you. He'll take care of you. That's an encouragement, right? That's better than biting people's heads off singing, notice this, we're trying to close, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus, hallelujah, we're singing, we're praising God, we're magnifying God, right? And we're giving thanks to him, right? verse 21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Something about having this kind of lifestyle causes you and I to submit one to one another. And then it goes on talking about wives submitting to their husband. And then it talks about what husbands need to do. And why did I say all that? There's a lot in there, but I'm talking about here in the church. God wants the church to be built up, amen? And these are for us. And I'm glad that Pastor John gave me an opportunity. I just really want to encourage you. It's not a condemnation message. The first thing I want to encourage you to do is be filled with the Spirit. Somewhere in here there will be a time when you can receive the Holy Spirit. You can receive it today. A matter of fact, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to do it right now. Why don't you close your eyes and bow your heads, no one looking around? The Bible says that if we want the Holy Spirit, we just need to ask God for him, right? Right? And so pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I desire spiritual things. I desire these gifts to work in my life. And I need and I desire the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you for it. And by faith, I receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I said amen. I said amen. Amen. Can we pray in tongues just a moment here? For about one minute here. You ready? And now if you just received it right, the Bible says out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Let's pray. Just yield that. Open your mouth and yield. You got something. You got something. Come on up here. Grab the mic. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I just felt impressed that our brother has something, so I tagged him and he looked at me.
0: (laughs) Go ahead. My faith, stepping out in faith. Jesus. Lord, for the edification of your body, the edification of your body. You, Lord, Mm -hmm. firstborn of many, Mm -hmm. and here we are, the many, desiring to manifest your gifts in this church, in this valley, Mm -hmm. up and down the river, Father, so that people will know you, Jesus. We thank you for this, Lord. Amen. Thank you.
1: That was our closing prayer right there. Amen. Amen. As sure as I'm standing here, there is an increase of the things of God coming to this church. Amen. It's here already. It's increasing every week. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Pastor John will be back next week. Brother Brian just got...
2: Genesis 8, 20 through 22. It says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and took of every clean animal and every clean bird, and offered burnt offerings to on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth and nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. And this is the key. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So God's principle of sowing and reaping has been since the time of Noah, actually before. And so we we're promised that as we sow, and it's not just money, it's, it's everything in life. As we sow our time, our talents, our abilities, our abilities, into other people's lives, we receive back more than what we've sown. And the same is true, obviously uh, offerings. you know, money, money talks and money is needed to maintain ministries, but it has to be between God and each individual, what we sow. So Father God, we do thank you that you've given us everything good, everything that we need for life and godliness, Father, we thank you for each giver, each gift, those that cannot give but will give in the future. And Father, we ask your blessing on this offering in Jesus' name.